Welcome to the second episode of It's Alive, uh, second episode in our second season. Um, we were here last week, hope you uh, all downloaded and enjoyed it. We were talking about uh, good remakes. We did mention some rubbish ones like the new Robocop, got to put that in because I had a few people message me that they think it's going to be brilliant and I just don't. Uh, so I'm just <laughs> say hello, I'm Stuart Tonks, I'm here again and I'm also here with guest presenter Robert Shaw. Hi there. Uh, Matt, once again, is still not with us. Um, I did see that he tweeted about the show last week, which was rather nice. So, hi, Matt, if you're listening. Um, so, we're going to get on, as we normally do, with a bit of movie news. Um, one thing I'm glad to say is nobody's died. Ah, oh, we haven't we haven't searched hard enough. We've, bro- we've broken not, the curse. Nobody not, seems to have died. So, so, I'm quite pleased about that. Right, the first thing I um, want to mention, which is quite exciting, I think over the next few weeks we're going to be building up with Star Wars news. We'll change the title from movie news to Star Wars news. <laughs> Lots of things are coming out uh, over the last few weeks, but there's been a couple of uh, interesting ones for me this week. Uh, first of all, a little bit of possible casting news um, in that um, somebody tweeted, I believe, uh, and said that, the, that an Oscar winner... Yeah, one of the Oscar nominees. And the Oscar nominees is up for a part in the new uh, Star Wars sequels. Um, and it, that's led to sort of the conjecture that it may be Dame Judi Dench playing the role of Mon Mothma. Now, what do you think of that? Do you <laughs> well, think it's true? I, well, I think it, I think what seems to be the consensus is that it was one of the na- she was hers was one of the names that was originally came out in a in a whole pile of, of names that I think was 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 when we got. Um, Oh, I, I don't know who who's up for it now. Who's, who's but there's a whole ton. There was a, there's a, a yeah, ton there's of loads of, of people. Ryan Gosling were, yeah, was mentioned. Wasn't I think he it was in the in the original talk when Ryan Gosling's name was mentioned. Mm. That it was also mentioned that uh, the Judy Dench was was on that list. And I think what's just happened is is that as the she's now an Oscar nom- up for um, is it Philomena she's in Philomena yeah. yeah she's up for best actress yeah so uh, I think it's just been brought up again. But it's, you know it's not. I mean she's good in everything, isn't she? It's not. It's not a bad bit of casting but it's a strange one it is a strange one i mean i think she's a wonderful actress um but saying that uh the lady who played mon mothma in the original um star wars return of the jedi um is still alive um she's um she's doing the circuit just trying to find her name carolyn black that's it it, or blakiston blakiston that's it um yeah she's still doing the circuit she's 80 so she's the same age pretty much as judy dench why not get her back to be honest (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends whether they're looking for consistency between yeah. the original trilogy or or, or not. Stunt casting? Uh, yeah, perhaps. A little bit. Perhaps. It's a, certainly a name that's going to pull people in and pull in a, a more serious audience, get people to say, well, that's this, you know, she's she came to the role of M, didn't she? She made that mm. her own, and, and now that's finished. Sorry, spoilers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that... that uh, Unless prequels, maybe. Maybe. Bond prequels. That's what we need. Well, she... she uh, ha- sorry. They, they, yeah, that, that, um, it, it does seem a bit a bit odd to lose that connection if you're bringing back, as is still a rumour, mm. that, the, you know, three main people from the original trilogy. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Unless you're Although Carrie Fisher work. has said this week that they're she was filming. Drinking. No, she's drinking. No, <laughs> allegedly. Um, no, that she's, she has said that they are going into start filming very shortly. Her, Mark Hamill, and Harrison Ford um, on, on, on some interview earlier this week. But we'll see how true that is. I know Judy Dench has said, you know, since she's she's because I believe she's going deaf as well. You know, later years and. Um, she said she's not going to be travelling so much to film anymore. So maybe just living down the road from uh, the studios. Maybe she'll. Maybe she'll. That's one of the she's, reasons she's yeah, doing she's it. Handy. She's handy. She's, she's handy. Right <laughs> advertise for somebody it local. <laughs> to play the leader of the Rebel I Alliance. Think I'm moving. I'm it very... could. It could be the smallest cameo, like as Sam Jackson was in Phantom Menace. It could be, you she, know, literally a few minutes of. She, she could be just be a hologram. Yeah. Why not? From what we hear, Yoda's going to appear as a hologram, so... I think, I think there's going to be more holograms in this film than there's, you know, in the rest of the, the rest of the six films, but... Jar Jar Binks as a hologram. Oh, well, let's hope so. <laughs> right, the other, the other bit of Star Wars news, um, which is heavily rumoured, so take with a huge pinch of salt, is that Pixar have been handed a Star Wars movie. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I think that could be the best Star Wars movie we, we will see in our lifetimes if it's true yeah I think I think it's it's one of those is a wet dream isn't it you know <laughs> it's and it's that notion especially the the, per, the perfection if you like of, mm. of George Lucas's original special effects yep. guys uh, company being bought you know, being bought by Steve Jobs, turning into Pixar, going, being bought by you know, developing all that stuff, being bought by Disney, and then back to Star yeah. Wars. It, it the circle is now no complete. complete. Oh, lovely. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be it'd be a great idea. And I, I, whether it'll happen in the next ten years, whether it'll happen in the next twenty, I think with Pixar, but as you say, being under Disney, Lucasfilm being under Disney. I think it is only a matter of time. Well, the, I think the serious side of it is that if Disney Disney's committed to a to a huge number of Star Wars uh, vehicles, if mm. you like, to, to to using to, to using the franchise uh, solidly, and they're, they're talking about a, a movie a year. Yeah. Um, from twenty fifteen. Is it twenty from twenty fifteen yeah. onwards? One movie a year. That's a that's a huge amount to get through. Even if you make them, even if you, I mean, High School Musical took longer than that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> not that I'd be against seeing Star Wars High School Musical. Oh, I know quite a lot of people who would like that. Um, all under the age of fifteen, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, well, some of them, maybe some of us. Um, <laughs> you know, Star the Star Wars the musical. Yeah, yeah, yes, the Jedi Academy. The musical, Jedi <laughs> Academy, the musical. But I think if you seriously, if you're going to, if they're going to commit to that kind of thing, they're going to have to use all of their powers. They're going to have to use everything they've got, all their, their whole arsenal, to to meet those targets and to do it in in an effective way with with maybe two D animation on one mm. hand. Um, you know, some lovely two D animation coming come out of Disney since Pixar have been working mm. with them. Um, and and to use the three D side and to use Pixar the, the the brand as well, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, uh, it really does. Yeah, I do. I I I I'm sure that there's going to be a day. And I mean, the best Star Wars we've had in the last twenty years is the Clone Wars cartoons. 
both the 2D and the CGI. No, no, not the movie. Uh, no, not the movie, but the series was fantastic. And unfortunately, they're not giving it. From what I hear, there's not going to be a resolution to the series before Star Wars Rebels comes out later this year, mm. uh, which I'm also looking forward to because they're using the art of Ralph McQuarrie basing the designs on. Looks yeah. lovely. So I'm really interested to see that because I think that's going to give us a real taster of what Disney have got planned for us with the the, the next trilogy and the spin-off movies as well. But uh, we'll leave Star Wars there this week. I'm sure. Oh. Within yeah, I know we could talk about it all night, couldn't we? I'm sure within the next week or so we're going to get some more news. And uh, I will say that if keep keep your eyes open on our um, Twitter feed, uh, it's a live show. Um, and uh, and any uh, for for any um, further updates on Star Wars, because we will, if there's any official confirmation of any casting or anything, we we will do a special show. Uh, which will be not part of the series, but we will just have to talk about Star Wars for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the other little bit of movie news, which I noticed um, yesterday, was uh, Quentin Tarantino. Mm. You've seen this? I saw a little bit about it, yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino had announced last year that his follow-up to um, Django Unchained was going to be The Hateful Eight, mm. which was to star Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, and the fantastic Bruce Dern, who we mentioned, because he's up for Oscar nom. Yeah. Um, Finally. And it was to be another cowboy movie. Um, well, apparently somebody, we don't know who, has uh, leaked the script. Now, Tarantino has said that he only gave it to three people, which six, is the... Six, I'm reading. Yeah, six, I think that's including the agents, isn't it? <laughs> so, so it's the three stars okay. and their agents, I believe. Right. Um, now, he I'm says... very, very depressed, he's saying. He's very upset. He's very he's so upset that he said that he's not going to make the movie. Certainly not at the moment. And if he does anything about it, he's going to release it uh, in print. So we'll get to read the script, which I'm sure is fantastic. Although he said that it is his first draft, and that's one of the reasons he's really upset mm. that it's got out so quickly. Um, that's the world of the internet. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a bummer, and it must it must pain you when you're. You know, when you're trying to work or whatever, we think of Tarantino's recent stuff or, or you know, his patchy, let's say his mm-hmm. patchy recent history. Um, he, you know, he clearly takes these things extremely seriously. And, and I think if you're working on something in private and you want to release something to the world in a finished state, it, it's got to be very disheartening, whether you're a music, you know, musician or, or whatever, to, to hear unfinished things going out or to see unfinished scripts going out. See, I know that, I mean... Um Inglorious Bastards script was released on the internet yeah. long time before the film came out, but it was the finished script. Do you think it's because this this is a first draft that he's got a bit more uptight about it? Because you know he's used that from from what I believe and what I've read about him, he's used sort of the internet to gauge responses to certain things in the past. Because he's he's he was sort of the first you know. Of the of the the internet age, kind of hip director. I sort of think him and Kevin Smith sort of around about the same time sort of learned how to use the internet to their advantage and and possibly disadvantage at times as well. Certainly with Kevin Smith. Um, I think it's, I think it's a shame we're not going to get another another western by Tarantino because I I thought Django was phenomenal, best thing he'd done in years. Although I did, I did like Inglorious Bastards. I know you felt it was it's over long, over long, yeah. yeah. But you know, enjoyably, there's there's not much of his. Of that doesn't have something to commend it, mm. um, you know whether it, or not it's a it's a master masterpiece. I'm I'm with uh, with Mark Commode on that that he could do with somebody coming and saying ninety minutes maximum, to, <laughs> to him, you know. Um, but there you go. 
But yeah, it is it is a disappointment, and it must must be real painful to see stuff that's unfinished put out there and and pulled apart and crit- criticised in that mm. way. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. But maybe, you know, we've had his western, so, and we've had his war movie. What next? His sci-fi movie, his slasher movie. I'd like to see. I'd like to see him sci-fi. They're, they're gearing up for a Friday the Thirteenth movie next year. Maybe they could get him in quickly on that one. They'd give him one of the Star Wars. They could give him one of the. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Boba Fett one. Now that would work. Or just the Huts. Or... Yeah, but I think Boba Fett would have to be in that world, wouldn't yeah. he? The gangsters and the Huts. We're back onto Star Wars. We are. We've done it again. Right, okay. Uh, now, you had some movie news that you mentioned to me before we went on uh, on air. So, what, what was that all about, Ron? Well, it was, you know, we, we, talk, we talk about your, your theme for the, for the show, I mm-hmm. guess. But, um, but but without saying saying what that is, um, I noticed earlier in the week, on Monday, that, um, that Barbarella, the uh, 1960s uh, Roger Vadim um, movie with um, Jane Fonda, had been picked up for a um, a TV series. And it had been rumoured quite a long time ago um, that uh, that it was going to be developed as a movie, uh, as a reboot, a remake movie. Um, and uh, Robert Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez had, had been attached to it um, as a name. And, it, and I think they'd even sp- spoken about potential leads for it. So I'll, I'll look up exactly who that was rather than, rather than get it wrong. Um, but now it's it, it had gone, all gone very very quiet, and then it, and then it was it was um, attached to Nicholas Winding Refn mm. as well, who's um, extremely interesting director. If Matt's listening, <laughs> one of his favourites, yeah, uh, and, and, uh, and one of mine too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, particularly, I'm still I'm still gutted that uh, Only God Forgives didn't get an Oscar nomination. Now, not have I not seen Only God Forgives, but I've not seen Barbarella. Ah. So apart from the first three minutes, open title sequence, well, which is that, which all I managed, many many yeah. times. <laughs> and if you know what that is, you know why I've only seen the first three minutes. Um, but yeah, it's a, I mean, you know, almost the iconic, kitschy camp uh, movie of of the sixties, mm. um, space fantasy. Uh, Free love era. Uh, it's very lot, European, isn't it? From it what is. I, well, yeah. Roger Vadim's yeah. European sensibility comes plays into it. Jane Fonda, I think, is is phenomenal in it. Mm. Um, yeah, she's she's always been a, a fantastic actress, and I think she brings a, a kind of I don't know what I'd say a gravitas. It's not really the right word, <laughs> but there's no gravity in the first hey. opening sequence. But uh, you know, this is before gravity, of course. The film, you know, doing <laughs> zero g strip scenes. Yes, in, well, that's uh, true. In, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sa- Sandra Bullock didn't go quite that far in gravity, although <laughs> and, it was quite, and, uh, you know, you know. And, and neither did um, <laughs> George Clooney. <laughs> I'm sure some people would pay handsomely. So, some to people see they just say strip in space. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's uh, not necessarily the views of the producers of this podcast. <laughs> no, no, all the presenters. Um, <laughs> all the presenters. But uh, but no. So, but, yeah, so but when I have they said I, when they're gearing well, up for this? Or it's still it's still all uh, mo- they're saying they're saying moving forward, right. and and it's been attached now to Amazon. Uh, okay. Which is interesting. I think it's one of the things I mentioned to you. I think mm. you know it would be good to do a show on in future. Is the way yeah, that we will. the way that these new I don't know. Studios is the wrong word. The way that the way that major distributors like 
Apple with iTunes, like Netflix mm. and and Amazon, are being increasingly attached to funding movies and 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 commissioning them. And a new commissioning model is kind of emerging of that. So certainly a new a new way of working with directors. Certainly with the the way that Netflix uh, worked with Fincher on um, on uh, House of Cards. Yeah. Uh, very, very different, interesting way of doing it. That that Amazon has been attached to this is interesting because it's a Gaumont Studios production. It's still attached to them, and Gaumont were behind uh, Hemlock Grove, the Hemlock Grove series for Netflix, which I um, never got past the trailer. <laughs> I I'm think afraid. Well, we'll, talk, we'll, talk we'll do. Yes, we will. Like, yeah. We will. Because I am going to try to catch it. But in any case, um, you know, to see. Uh, Barbarella, I think, is an inter- is an interesting one, and it'd be interesting to see how that gets done. Whether it's done in a tongue-in-cheek, campy way, mm. which I don't, I'm not sure how they'll avoid, or whether it's rethought for a modern age. The '60s is a very different time yeah. to the uh, 2010s, as I like to call it. the 2010s. Yes. Okay, then uh, that's great. Well, that's a bit of music, movie news that we've got for you. We will discuss. I think I think having a show on um, the the rise of uh, shows on Netflix and. And the way things are going, you know, in that way, and on TV in general, in the next few weeks, I think it's definitely um, TV has almost become the new cinema. Yeah. Um, yes. Ever since sort of Sopranos came out, really. Um, so we could, we could talk about that and the rise of TV shows being released on DVD, such as my favourite Firefly. Please, Amazon, do a Firefly season two for well, me. I mean, please. that is really heavily rumoured. It, it has been for a while, but, you know... I think it's wishful thinking. More than anything. It is now Joss Whedon so tied up in the Marvel-verse, who knows. But uh, I, I pray to the, the TV gods every day for a Firefly reunion, but, you know, that's just me. Anyway, that's the end of the movie news. Okay, so uh, we're going to go into our special feature this week. Uh, the feature I've chosen to talk about is Movie Guilty Pleasures. Now, you mentioned Barbarella. I did. I believe that may be a guilty pleasure of yours. I think it is. I think I think it is a guilty pleasure because although lots of people like it, I think they like it. It's one of those films you're allowed to like in an ironic campy way mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot there's a lot of stuff like that where people say oh yeah I really like that but you know you know that they're being kind of knowing mm-hmm. and I think there's something different about when if you actually you actually enjoy something for its cinematic qualities and and unashamedly maybe that isn't guilty that's going to say that's not guilty but, it, but it's, what, it's almost like you feel that you ought to be guilty for liking for liking this movie see my choices are pretty guilty I'm you quite guilty about most of the films you like. Well, that has been said by quite a lot of people in the past. I know that. So Matt will be listening. Uh, Matt will be listening. Matt will probably yeah. Matt, Matt knows my film tastes and you know because it's not Korean. I, you know. <laughs> um, no, that's not true. Sorry, Matt. Um, no, I've got I've got some 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 guilty pleasures. Um, some some the idea for this this uh, show today came from um, my weekend at home. Um, uh, this weekend, when we had Channel Four, Channel Five, sorry, had a wonderful Reese Witherspoon double bill. <laughs> they they're tending to do this at the moment. They're showing uh, films on a Sunday. Nothing on TV on a Sunday. I uh, watched a part of Sweet Home Alabama, which was pretty dreadful. But then I watched Legally Blonde. Now my girlfriend said, "Oh, I've seen it." I said, "Do you mind if I watch it?" No, no, no. I was watching it. one of those one of those afternoons. And I thought it was fantastic. It was one of the funniest, sweetest movies that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, I thought Reese Witherspoon was wonderful in it. 
Um, a lot of the supporting actors were great. Just just the whole sort of premise of this girl from the valleys going to or Bel Air, going to work, you know, go to Harvard, and and the way she did it, I thought it was very uh, sort of non-judgmental about different types of people. Um, just a very very sweet and incredibly funny movie. Have you seen Legal yeah, Blonde? Seen it years and years ago, and mm. I was just talking, to, talking quite recently to my. 30 year old daughter who who I found out had never seen it mm. and uh, and she was saying oh is, is it good I said yes re- I, I really liked it's it, it at, the, at the time and so we were, we were going to look for it and pick it up but it, it ended up it wasn't on Netflix and we and it wasn't on iTunes and uh, or it wasn't very expensive on iTunes so we decided to skip it until we until we saw it um, at a reasonable price um, but no I think I think it's it, it was I don't I don't really know whether you should feel guilty for liking it. Maybe liking not. Liking it at all. Maybe not. I, I think <clears> it's just... <throat> I think guilt guilt comes into play with um, various reasons, doesn't it? Whether you other people perceive that you should like that movie. Yeah. My favourite movie of all time, which I'm not going to put in my guilty pleasures because I don't feel guilty about it, is Disney's Beauty and the Beast. I've always loved it. I think it's a perfect movie. I don't think there's any movie that comes as perfect as Beauty, Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Seen it so many times, probably more than I've ever seen Star Wars. But that's what you and should probably saints. feel guilty for, is, <laughs> is being obsessed with it. But Not obsessed, not obsessed, honestly, not obsessed. But I do, I do love you, it. You can't and see what he's wearing. What? What <laughs> if you're dressed like one? Like, like, oh, right, okay. Oh, I see, you can't see what I'm wearing. Yeah. Oh, I see, I yeah. see. But no, I, I, I think it's a, it's a, uh, I loved Legally Blonde. I thought it was a brilliant movie. I did catch up with the sequel because I was very excited this week. So I got the sequel as well and wasn't, to be honest, and if, if I did like that as much, that would be a really guilty pleasure it's because it wasn't very good, was yeah, it? But um, shame, and you never know. Maybe they'll do a third one, which would be wonderful. She'll become the pre- Prime Minister of England or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be it would work. Yeah, well, because she'd go to North Korea <laughs> and try to sort out the, the peace process. Yeah. That'd be good. I'd like that. I could, I could see that. Uh, she'd make a rousing speech at the end, wouldn't yeah, she? Legally Blonde, the, the UN peace envoy years. Yes, that's that's it. would be great. Yeah, I'd enjoy that. Um, yeah, I think what you said there, though, about, about the other people's perception is probably the key, or one of the keys to, to this notion of a guilty pleasure film, mm. that that we enjoy it, but other, other people won't approve of it. And it depends, and that always depends... Who you're talking to? Because mm. because if you talk to if you talk to a you know a general a general or a bunch of bunch of friends who aren't film critics or aren't filmmakers or uh, aren't I don't know involved in kind of in kind of more um, kind of specialist normal movie. people normal people the kind of people who, who probably who think we're uh, not uh, normal. <laughs> yeah. If you talk to those those people, you know, it, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with liking. Uh, um, the kinds of films that you go and see, you know. Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> I watched that the weekend. No, that's terrible. Oh even, my god! I'm not even thinking of things like that. No, I know. You know the the big na- star name vehicles that are. There's nothing know, wrong with blockbusters. No, there's nothing yeah, wrong with them. But if you talk, depending on who you talk no, to, no, I know what you mean. That wouldn't necessarily. If I talk, if talking about the Expendables, it's not going to be a movie that I could sit with people I work with and say that this is a great. Film. They might all like those kind of films, but not. They're not. We're not going to talk about them as high art or as great, great films. Snobs bore me, Rob. Well, maybe. But, yeah, no. But, you know, but e- equally, I think there's. There are some films that that are very that every that most people admit are very poorly made or are. Um, <laughs> 
or 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 the type or who's of dated very very poorly of age very poorly maybe do you want maybe to name a, a film P, a pc see how much i like <laughs> see well, how see how many copies well, i've got you know, on various forms flicking through other people's guilty pleasures you, you things things like anaconda pop up oh that was dreadful quite, from quite the start and they, and they are these are these yeah. are movies that you that i think everyone or everyone who has any kind of quality threshold at all ought to agree <laughs> that they are terrible they might they might be enjoyable in an ironic kind of way mm. where you can laugh at how bad they are you know plan yeah. nine from outer space kind of yeah. kind of bad which I think Anaconda falls into that. I think it does. Yeah, yeah. I think that falls into that. Um, so. Man- Mannequin, I think, a terror, a terror yeah. movie, dated politically, you know, politically incorrect. Actually, discussed Mannequin earlier with some friends uh, who I work with, and discussing what films I should have, and we were throwing out names of films that we uh, guilty pleasures. Some that I said, well, I don't feel guilty that I like that, and others that I said, it's not a pleasure. And Mannequin was never a pleasure to watch. <laughs> Um, despite the lovely Kim Cattrall, yet others coming up here in lists like like Hackers. Oh, that's, that's a fantastic, fantastic a really, film. A really good film yes. that that has has aged extraordinarily well. I think mm. for a movie about technology, I think mm. it's aged really, really okay. well. And I and I think it's a it's it's a really good. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with liking Hackers. No, no, I, I, I think a lot of people my age who absolutely love that film. Yet Showgirls is here, you know, that's and I think. <laughs> It's fabulous. Okay, enough said. I was actually going to put in my list Coyote Ugly. Yeah, I've not because I've that. I've enjoyed that many many times. But there are but mo- we won't get I think that. there are movies that are on the edge of kind of kind of a disaster. No, mm. I don't mean disaster movies, but are on the edge of a disaster that at the same time have something to commend commend them. And I, and I would put uh, um, I would put Caligula in on that list. Yeah. Because, because so although, is that, that a guilty pleasure of yours? It, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's I a think fabulous it film, and I, I do agree. I believe you can't you can't go around discussing the merits of Caligula to most people without them going, "That's the porno film with John Gilgood." So <laughs> right. you know, um, but I think if I, I think you know, w- watching the performances of people like Malcolm Dallas, it's, it's a crazy. They're crazy performances. Yeah. They're they're insane. He's rarely committed anything as 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 intense as that to celluloid and he's and that's saying a lot for Malcolm <laughs> McDowell um, and it has really fantastic cinematic moments to it and the plot works really well it's a mm. fantastic story and and these were you know these, these these were serious people working on on this film in the context of somebody else trying you know Guccione trying to turn it into into a skin flick and also then being paid a hell of a lot of money because I think they knew what they were getting into yeah absolutely um, yeah, no, Caligula's a great one, I think, as a guilty pleasure. Um, I, I, I've got quite a few on my list here that, I'm, um, that I was going to talk about, but I'm going to, I'm going to skip through a, a few. Um, anybody who knows me knows I'm a Friday the 13th fan. Now, you could say that Friday the 13th was a guilty pleasure. Now, I think the guilty pleasure of Friday the 13th fans is Jason X, which is obviously Jason Goes to Space. <laughs> I'd love to have been in the meeting when they just were discussing that at Paramount. Well, actually, it was New Line by the time it had gone there, I believe. But imagine that that discussion. What are we going? What are we going to do with Jason? We've sent him to hell at the end of the last one. The Freddy versus Jason movie couldn't get made because of various people owning rights to different names of characters and whatever. So they went. Let's just send him to space. <laughs> It's the most wonderful premise for a film. 
Um, just I, I watched Machete Kills this week, the sequel to the Robert Rodriguez Machete, and there's actually um, a trailer on the start which is Machete Kills Again in Space. And it's so obvious where the, the you know the, they've got the idea from and uh, they've sort of run with it. But um, the fantastic David Cronenberg is in Jason X. Really? Yes. See, I've not seen it. Ah, oh, Rob, you need see you need to change this very very quickly. Uh, <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, similarly, a film that I think has a lot has a lot of fans, but also a few detractors is um, uh, the other Clive Barker. One with with David Cronenberg in, and the name is completely Nightbreed. Oh, Nightbreed. Oh no, brilliant! Which, which has got very corny moments and um, very cornerly handled stuff. But it but is really, I mean, I, I guess misshapen by the, the the production yeah, companies. Well, they're, 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 you know, the well, there's a proper cut going around now, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, putting a proper cut around and just getting getting enough funding to do it do it as, as close as they can to the to what he intended. But you mentioned Jason X, which is Jason goes to space. But it's predated, of course, by by Hellraiser Four, Hellraiser Bloodline, in which the Cenobites go to space. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, it's nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, Bloodline and two thousand one. Jason. Yeah, Lee. although it's filmed in nineteen ninety nine and was the first film filmed in digital. Unlike most people think, it was the Phantom Menace. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, hmm. but it was released later because hmm. of various things, as always happens with Friday the Thirteenth movies. In the heyday, there was always problems with release. Either, either they were being cut by the, you know, the censorship board in America and getting, you know, trod on, or, or, or because it's moved around from company to company. But yeah, it was the first film, I believe. I've just recently finished reading the uh, Crystal Light Memories book, which is fabulous if you're a Friday Thirteenth fan, which goes through every single film um, up to Freddy versus Jason. Um, and yeah, it was the first the first film to be filmed completely digitally. So, I think there's this. There are we're films. back to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> we're back to Star Wars. <laughs> it's like the Kevin Bacon. Thing, isn't it? <laughs> we can always get back there. Just take two or three hops. Um, but I think with all these, that there are films that are equally as bad mm-hmm. that people don't class as guilty pleasures because it's okay. It's okay to like them. Um, you know, I think that, I think there are plenty of, of of horror movies. You know, even dare I say it, at the risk of upsetting tons and tons of film fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, out there and possibly Matt. Right. <laughs> there, there are uh, Argento movies that that are corny. Oh, good and, grief! And of course. Awful. But it's Matt's okay. not the Argento fan. <laughs> that's me. Okay. No, no, that's well, me. me. Too. Yeah. But but there there are clear. I mean, moments in most actually most of his films that that are corny, badly handled. You know, uh, just clumsily put together. Yet it's okay. You know, no one apologises really for liking those films because it's it's accepted that Argento is a master. My favourite Argento movie is probably one of the craziest movies, um, and I've got the title Creepers, which is the, the the British video release with Jennifer Connelly, and it's my favourite movie. And I've got it on Blu-ray, and the name's completely gone out of my head. We're going to quickly look it up. I feel so embarrassed about this. Mm. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's 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 without doubt my favourite Argento movie, and it's Jennifer Connelly goes to a phenomenon. Phenomenon. Do 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> we saved it for the joke. I hadn't really forgotten, honestly. Um, no, uh, it, it, about a, a girl who sees murders at her school that she's been sent to in, I believe, Switzerland, and she be, and it? she can talk to insects who help her solve the murders with. A man who's an insectologist who has 
a chimpanzee as a butler. See, I think that sounds like a perfect pitch for a CBeebies cartoon series, <laughs> or perhaps Adult Swim. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it could that could be a kids a kids film. But no, but it, it's fantastic. But no, you're right. I, I, I should. I think I should have maybe looked at some Argentos as my guilty pleasure. But I think he's because he's held so high. No, what he feels guilty about liking them. Uh, Giallo. I quite if like, you've I, seen I, I, that, Giallo's no. pretty good. Uh, very strange. But film. I don't think anyone feels guilty about saying an Argento. I movie like Argento. Is, no. is a one they've watched. He wouldn't say, "Oh, I watched an Argento movie yesterday." I feel so embarrassed to tell anyone. He'd say, "Oh, cool. You know, I'm really into an Argento." Well, what do you think of my last one then? Um, as you know, I've always been a huge John Carpenter fan. Saw Dark Star when I was very, very young and loved it. Fell in love with it. Um, Then I think I saw Halloween probably next. um, Before skipping over to... No, no, Halloween well before The Thing. Um, And then probably uh, Assault on Precinct 13 possibly after that. And then obviously went on to The Thing, Escape from New York, The Fog, which to this day is probably my favourite John Carpenter movie. I can watch over and over again. I saw your face there, Rob. You're not a fan, are you? I'm not a big fan of the fog, but um, I think, and I think yeah. um, it's generally the idea is that John Carpenter sort of lost his way in the '90s. Now, the one film that I do love is Escape from LA. <laughs> Rob's got nothing, nothing, nothing to say about it. You know, I wasn't a huge. I have to say. Escape from New York passed me by, yeah. really. Not not really. Really? Kind of, not really my kind of film at okay. the time. You know, can appreciate what Carpenter does. I think Halloween is one of the classic films. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really is. I've watched it very recently. I've, watched, I've screened it for, top for students. I think I think it's a stunning. Yeah, film. top three or top five horror movie of all time. Well, I wouldn't put it quite as highly, but oh, it is. I re- but it, but I, I don't see anything wrong with arguing that. No. Um, personally, not not yeah. there in my maybe, top five. Yeah, yeah top five. Definitely top yeah. five. But that's hard. That's a hard thing to kind of. Kind of say. Another, but another, I think another, it's an, another show. I think. Yeah. 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 De- definitely. Top, top five horror movies. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, well, absolutely. But uh, you know, but but the. I, I think I like him as a horror director. Mm. I think that's probably where I came in with Carpenter, mm. and it's where I, I I feel kind of my heart is. Mm. Um, I, I I make no bones about it. I think horror is the the finest cinematic genre <laughs> of all, and I, I think it, yeah, I think it is. It's the most cinematic genre of all in my. In it's my, probably my, my my favorite. I've always been known as a horror fan, and. Uh, uh, despite my obsession with Star Wars over the, the last 35 years. Um, yeah, I've, I've always been a horror fan since before Star Wars, growing up with the, the Hammer films and yeah. the Universal monster movies. Um, but, but going back to Escape from so why, L.A. Why do you think you need to feel guilty about, about L.A.? Well, it was, it was, I think it was pretty much universally panned when it came out. Um, the surfing scene is regularly sort of up there in the worst scenes ever put onto celluloid. I don't agree. Yes, it was terrible special effects. Yes, it was the cheesiest thing you've ever seen. And I think I think the main reason people don't like it is because when Escape from New York came out, it was so cool. Snake Plissken was so cool. It, it was the best sort of, not really post-apocalyptic, but that sort of, you know, dark future 
uh, film that had been out at the time, and uh, although not a massive budget, it certainly seemed that way because Carpenter had an amazing way of doing that with films, making them look like they cost a hell of a lot more than they did, mainly because the he shot, um, you know, certainly in Cinemascope, um, and, and the films were beautifully shot by Dean Cundy, I believe his name's pronounced, um, which I think some of his later films weren't, and I think that is one of the reasons they do suffer, because they don't look as beautiful as his earlier films. Um, but, yeah, there was a lot of... It, it was almost like a pastiche of the first film. Mm. Um, but I think there's some amazing things to love. I think the Steve Buscemi character in this fantastic, who obviously replaces uh, uh, Cabby, uh, not that you can replace Ernest Borgnine, very difficult. Um, Bruce Campbell, uh, playing the Surgeon General, uh, who had this underground society of uh, mutated people that had used cosmetic surgery to uh, augment themselves to such a point. And I just thought that it was wonderful to use those things, as he did with New York, um, and, and use the time that Escape from New York was filmed, sort of like the, the Duke of New York and the way that sort of pimp character was you know sort of portrayed to use the sort of characters that were in LA at the time um, and the way LA was with the uh, you know body augmentation and yeah. uh, and things like that and the guys selling maps and uh, and the the fact that there was um, earthquakes and you know tidal surfer dudes I, I I really really thought it was great um, and I, I do kind of feel guilty about it because so many people dislike it but you it's know not, what? You know, interesting, <clears throat> Dana Geek's uh, list of 10 best, worst, and most underrated Carpenter movies, it mm -hmm. doesn't feature in any of them. Really? It doesn't feature there at all. You know, Escape from New York is in one of their best, the, the best. Um, the worst, they list Prince of Darkness, which I, I like. Uh, I they list like. that as the worst. They list it as, as one of I, the, uh, I worst. I recently rewatched Prince of Darkness and thought it was fantastic. Well, I've only seen it once, and it... It freaked me out. Mm. It, it, I found it really unsettling in a good way. And Alice Cooper's in it. <laughs> yes. Who, I, once again, another another big fan favourite of mine. But it does, as it does say here, not quite deserving of the critical panning it received on release. But um, the, the Washington Post suggested the film should be shut up in a canister for seven million years. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, no, I, th I thought it, it worked, worked quite well. Ghosts of Mars on the on the. That's worst. the only John Carpenter film I don't like. Yeah, well, that one you honestly can't think. I don't, but now, but if you like Ghosts of Mars, as I know a friend of mine does, I won't mention his name. Um, you know, maybe you should feel guilty about that. Well, okay, that's the end of uh, It's Alive episode two, season two. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, hope you come back and I hope you visit us on Twitter at It's Alive Show. Please add us. Um, send us any comments. Send us any ideas for future shows. That'd be brilliant. Um, I'd like to thank um, Robert, obviously, for being here again. Um, we'd like to thank uh, Lucky Devil Media Studios uh, for once again letting us use their red room. And we'd like to thank the David Lynch, Lynch. The David Lynch room. Uh, I'd like to also thank Futurilla for uh, hosting the show. Um, and we will see you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs>